You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Heart and Soul. Um, Today, I am joined by Felicia Romero, who is a wellness and business coach. Um, She's the founder of Luna True Nutrition, and she's also a podcast host of Hi Felicia, which is a brilliant podcast name. Um, Play on words. I love it. And she helps fellow fitness coaches, kind of like myself. Um, She helps, helps them launch online businesses and kind of get more clarity and confidence in their business outline and also just their mission in general. So um, thanks so much for joining me, Felicia. It's great to have you on. Absolutely. It's so great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And she is coming all the way from Arizona. So she's in the morning. <laughs> I'm in the afternoon. Yeah, it is morning time for me. Yeah. Arizona. And it's, we were just talking earlier. Have you ever heard of a haboob? No. Okay, so but I love the word. Love I know it's not a fun word. So it's so funny because anyone from Arizona obviously knows what that word is, but we're in our monsoon season right now. So July, August is monsoon. And what that is is just basically we get these like awesome nighttime thunderstorms and and lightning. And it's just it's so fun, especially in the summertime, having the summertime storms. So um the other day we got a haboob, which is essentially like this huge dust storm. And if you look at it, like I, I dare you right now, if you're listening to this, Google Haboob, it's H-A-B-O-O-B. And you're going to see these amazing videos and photos of like, it looks like, it basically looks like a, a, a hurricane, but without the water. It's like dirt. Um, yeah, it's crazy. We had one the other day. So I thought that was just a fun fact. If you're not from Arizona and you want to learn a little bit more about an Arizona monsoon. And when you Google Haboob, make sure you smell, spell it right. Because (laughs) other images, other images might come up. (laughs) That is true. But everyone's always so shocked. Like, what is that? Oh my gosh. Like what? Like, and so, yeah, it's so fun to kind of chat about that, but yeah, we had one the other day. So I just thought I'd mention that. That's wild, man. This heat is insane. So I can't imagine being on the West coast like in kind of the desert um yeah. so you know godspeed girlfriend godspeed. Yeah, thank you thank you we're in Arizona so I love the heat I think I would die in the cold I can only have so much of the cold and so and I even like tried like the cold plunging and all of that and I still I have a hard time with it so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a I'm a heat girl for sure I feel that I'm from Texas and I could never live somewhere cold. So to all our listeners who are living in a cold place, you (laughs) are the real MVPs. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, why don't you, um, I know I kind of had a little intro for you, but why don't you kind of dive deeper and let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in a nutshell, uh, cause it's crazy. I just turned 40 this year and I I'm, I'm writing a book currently and I'm just kind of like going all the different facets of my life and like what I've done. Like there's so many different ways, things that we could talk about, right. And different levels in our life and the pivots that we've had, but essentially, you know, I, I was a health and fitness coach for 20 plus years. I, um, went to Arizona state. I used to play softball for Arizona state, um, was on a scholarship. And that's when I got involved in basically training people out of my home because I was going to college. And so I got certified and, you know, I wanted to have a, um, a job that, allowed me to go to my classes that was flexible because I, I couldn't really like work a normal job because of I played softball, but I also um, went to school and I was studying law at the time. I wanted to be a lawyer, took my LSAT for law school. And that's when I really started falling in love with helping people. And 
coaching is just in my DNA. It's just in my nature. It's something that comes so naturally to me and something that I love to do. So I followed that. So I ended up continuing school, got my master's in exercise and wellness from Arizona state and opened up my first gym at 22. So from the age of 22 to 35, I owned three gyms over the course of those times. And I sold my last gym in 2017 to pivot to the online space. And essentially it was kind of that, that point in my life where I was like, gosh, you know, I wanted more time freedom. I wanted more freedom. I had just reconnected with my high school sweetheart at that time too. And he had a son and, and I know, you know, owning gyms, you're like married to it. Right. And I was single for so long and I was just like, oh, that's time for a change. So pivoted into the online space in 2017, um, and, you know, launched my online fitness programs and uh, corporate wellness and grew that to multiple six figures. And then in 2020 decided to pivot again, uh, cause I was getting a lot of coaches, especially health coaches kind of like Felicia, how did you build this business? Cause I have a pretty successful, I still have it corporate wellness business as well as, um, uh, my, my fitness business, not as much, but more in the corporate wellness. And, you know, I would get a lot of coaches that are like, how did you build this? How did you build your memberships? How did you build this, these high ticket programs? How do you work with people all around the world? So pivoted into now mentoring wellness coaches and how to do the same thing. Um, during that time, launched my podcast, which is the high Felicia podcast, uh, launched a nutrition line called the Luna true nutrition. And, um, and now, you know, I help wellness coaches grow their business, but yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot of different facets we can go down. Cause I was also a competitor for years. I competed and I, you know, at the Olympia, which is like the, the IFBB, it was an IFBB figure pro for anyone that may not know what that is. Um, think of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Olympia, I was a bodybuilder, but I did figure. So that was more of like a beauty pageant with muscle. Um, I also have done reality TV. I've also been on covers of magazines like oxygen, muscle and fitness and flex. So, you know, there's a lot of different, like, like roads we can go down for sure, but in a nutshell, that's, that's where I'm at now. Okay. Wow. First of all, that's amazing. <laughs> Your resume is insane. Um, I have so many things I want to circle back to. Um, but the first thing I want to say is that's really encouraging to hear that, like, I, I always love when I hear about women pivoting, um, not in like a way of like, oh, I just like was bored or I, I gave up or whatnot, but more in like a way of like, you can really do anything at any time. And I think that a lot of people feel like, especially like post-graduation, like what's my career? Like, what am I going to lock into? Yeah. Um, but it's just so, it's just so not necessary. I mean, it's necessary to definitely like search for your passions and like work hard and like <laughs> be a mm -hmm. go-getter, but it's, it's so not necessary to know, like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like to have like yeah. the expansion in your mind to be like, okay, I can like do anything and pivot at any moment to something that I'm more passionate about in this season yeah. or learn from what I've done and use that to like empower me forward towards something else. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything is a stepping stone to the next version of ourselves, right? We also have to honor the seasons that we're in, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes, you know, I've had seasons where I was like on that rocket ship. I was go, go, go. And I will admit, I probably, you know, adhered to like the whole hustle culture. But at that time, it's like, I had to do that, right? But then I also learned from that. I learned like, gosh, I wasn't happy at the end of the day and I was burnt out and I wasn't taking care of myself. And is this the way, the way to live? Is this healthy? But I had to go through that to figure that out. Yeah. It's kind of like, you can't have 
you can't have light without the dark. You can't have good without the bad. And same thing in, in, in your life with, with the seasons that you're in, you know, sometimes you're on that rocket ship pushing and sometimes you're maybe taking a reset and recharging. And that was me after I sold my last gym, you know, being a perpetual people pleaser and this person that always wanted people to see me a certain way. I'm an Enneagram three and I'm, you know, wanting to achieve and do these things. And when I wasn't happy anymore owning the gym and I just, I wanted a different way, not that I was unmotivated. It was more of like, gosh, I want to live a different life than this. And that's where the pivot came. And I remember feeling so disappointed in myself. And I had a good six months of feeling just very, it was, it was the season of like, I need to reflect. I need to take some time. I need to sit back. I'm not showing up, you know, in my community or, and it's really just figuring yourself out too, figuring out what is it that, that you want to do with your time and what is it that lights you up. And the more that I started leaning into, you know, am I happy? And this, is this what I want to do? Um, it, it always led to that next thing that mm-hmm. I was meant to do. everything is just a stepping stone. I truly believe, you know, if you're, if you're pivoting or, or switching careers or switching, maybe you're pivoting out of a relationship, like who knows, Yeah, you're not starting from ground zero. You're just starting with more experience. Right? Yeah. So, totally. yeah. I remember hearing one time from a friend that no time is time wasted. If like you try to learn something from it. Cause I think yeah. even, especially like with a relationship, it's like you spend two years with someone and then you break up. You're like, I wasted all that time. Well, yeah. no, you didn't because you learned so much and you grew so much to prepare you for like your forever yeah. person or whoever you yeah. end up with next or. Yeah. And it also helps you see like what you want and what you don't want. Right. Yeah. Like I have, you know, friends who are single and they're like, gosh, I'm just going on these dates and I feel like I'm wasting so much time. I'm like, no, not at all. Like you're actually going out there meeting people and you figure out what you don't want. Right. And so like that's giving you some really great insight. So, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of relationships, this is one thing that I wanted to circle back to, because I just thought it was cute. You married your high school sweetheart. Yeah. We're engaged right now, but it was so funny. We were okay. So he was my first boyfriend, first everything uh, in high school. He was two years older than me. He went on all the family trips. Like we were really close and, uh, went to college and just grow apart and nothing. I remember at that time I was 19, 20, nothing really dramatic happened. We broke up seven. We still lived in the same town, which is crazy. After 17 years, we never ran into each other over the course of that 17 years, which is really bizarre. Wow. But I always, you know, had, had, he always kind of crossed my mind throughout the years. Anyways, um, fast forward to 2017, Um, a family member of his became a member at the gym that I owned and she brought him up when I was sending her up, you know, to the membership. She was like, Oh, do you remember, you know, Keith Price? That's his name. I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, how is he doing? She's like, he's my cousin. I'm like, Oh, awesome. And so I think she was secretly trying to set us up, but I didn't see anything. I did not see that. I was like, Oh, we're just going to meet for, you know, an early dinner and catch up as friends. Um, I knew that he was divorced and he had a little boy um, at the time Rylan was, um, just turned two, I believe. And so he's seven now and yeah. And after that first meeting back, it was like, we were inseparable. And after a couple months, I sold my house, I moved in with him and oh now we just built, we're in our dream home. We just built our dream home. We moved in right before the pandemic hit and, um, yeah. And we're engaged. So we were actually set to be married uh, in 2020 and we had to like reschedule that, cancel that. And we just haven't gotten around to really, I think we might, I mean, I'm 40, he's 42. I think we might just elope in Sedona. That's really kind of the plan. I think, um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. So I thought that was, that was cute. And we, it's funny because we have so many, 
um, pictures during that time too. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the actual pictures, like the pictures you can hold, not digital. Like I actually have a photo album where, you know, I don't know if any of like, you know, people listening remember what a photo album was, but I can actually like hold and physically hold the pictures. So it's kind of fun. I was literally just, first of all, that's adorable. I love that y'all like reconnected, but I was literally just talking to a friend the other day of like, wow, we used to have to take like pictures with like a camera and then go yeah. get the pictures developed, not knowing what they looked like before. Not what they look like. And yeah. And you, you would get them zoom in on them. You can't like scroll. Like, you know, you can't do any of those things. And you would get them back and you'd be like, wow, my face isn't even in it. Like I remember trying to turn the camera around to like take a yeah. photo of myself, like a selfie before selfie. It was like after selfie. Face. Yeah, yeah. It's like nothing. Um, but I also think that like that, like living in that generation, it was maybe easier for self-esteem or I don't know if self-esteem is like maybe just maybe like a different type of comparison like we had the media and I think like I grew up in you know the 90s where you know being like anorexic was like the thing like being like 90 pounds and bones because of like stars in the media but we didn't have to like look on social media and we weren't like inundated with it um because now people are attached to these phones right yeah i'm so i am very thankful that i had the kind of childhood where i came home from school and i would go outside and ride my bike till dinner time you know It's also really weird too, because like, we don't really let Rylan, like when we let him play outside, we're out there watching him, right? We're not like just letting him play. But I remember when I was a kid, my mom didn't watch me play. Like, and I would ride my bike like far, like far away. And I would, you know, rock home from school and I'd walk to school. I didn't have a phone. My mom, you know, just assumed that I was at school. So quite different nowadays because I can't imagine just letting Rylan walk to school. I can't do that. I, I, I drop him off. Right. Or his mom drops him off. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's quite different, but you know, I, I often think about this too, you know, in my twenties, I was really like super risk taker. Like I was like opening up. I'm like, I want to start a gym. I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I just really had these big dreams. And I often think that my naivete helped me through that time of just like doing the thing, but I also didn't have social media to compare to what other people were doing. Right. It was just what I really wanted to do. So yeah. That's a really good point. Like I will, I will get on social media still like every day and like get really in my head about not being far enough or not being where I quote unquote should be or Mm -hmm. where this person is. And when you don't have that and you just kind of jump into your dreams, like you're just like, I can do anything, you know, (laughs) like you don't know it's not that you don't know that you can't, like you could fail, but it's like you, you don't have someone else to compare your journey to, to be like, well, if I'm not like this person, then I'm not successful, you know, yeah. like a different measure of success, I guess. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, and then speaking of success, I really want you to kind of dive into like how you are mentoring women to own and empower themselves to own their own business online. Absolutely. Yes. So I launched, it's, it's basically like my signature program that I have now. I do some, you know, one-on-one coaching, but it's really this group program that I'm just so in love with. It's called the wealthy wellness coach. And, you know, I, I basically took everything that I did over the experience, not only that I've had at gyms and and marketing, but also being able to show up authentically online, build a community online and, you know, really have this impact, but also 
that it's okay to want to become wildly wealthy doing the thing that you love, right? Mm-hmm. And what I teach women, especially wellness coaches or any online coach in the, in the space, you know, maybe if you're if you're not a wellness coach listening to this or if you're online coach, um, you know, it's 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 okay to want more and it's okay to want to have a huge impact but also have a huge income in the online space because there are women in my world that literally make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month doing the thing that they love, right? Whether it's fitness coaching, um, you know, I have an inner child healing coach who uh, she's a private client of mine who she left her job and decided to go all in, in to be an online coach. And she's got the inner child certification and she was been working with me for about four months now. And she had 300 people show up to her masterclass first time ever doing this. And one of the reasons why is because I taught her now how to show up on a new platform, TikTok, um, which I'm actually going to be holding a TikTok challenge next week. So I've been able to grow organically to about 34,000 on TikTok. And it has helped me tremendously in my business, but I showed her how to go all in and most of her, and she went viral. And now she's has like hundreds of thousands of followers within four months on TikTok because of like specific things. And, and she's really niched down and she really got specific, but social media is amazing. I think sometimes people can get really frustrated because we focus on the outcome, but we have to keep showing up in our, in our, like with our mission and show up with a purpose and, and be completely detached from the outcome, right? Yeah. Completely detached. Because I want you to show up, like I show up, you know, if let's say, you know, the, I had taught a masterclass a couple months ago and I had um, 200 people registered and, you know, about half of that showed up and I show up for those hundred people just the same as I would for five people. Right. And I show up in that mission. So you, you have to be committed to the process, committed to the journey, committed to your business and really detach yourself from the outcome and surrender to the process, right? And that's where you really start to excel. And that's where it starts to become fun too. Yeah, and have like patience too, because, you know, I, I heard a quote the, um, the other week that was like, and something about like being becoming an overnight success in 10 years, like <laughs> how you just like assume that like someone just like became so successful overnight, but it took them yeah. like years of grinding and like, years of learning and failing and all of that to like get where Mm -hmm. they are. And I think like sometimes when we do live in this, like go viral world, like we end up in that comparison trap of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. well I'm like, my videos aren't getting this many views or I'm, you know, I feel like I'm on my mission, but I'm not getting the same same as this person. And yeah, I think it really is just like being patient because like your moment will happen and whether it's a viral moment or not, but like, well, honestly, if we focus too on the vanity metrics, it really doesn't, you know, and let's say you were to go viral. That doesn't mean that that is your community. Those are just people. Those are yeah. just what I'd rather people do is build that community. Yes. Or people that are, are, are eventually going to, you know, that soak up all of your information and get value from it and see yeah. value. Right. And so really when we focus on the vanity metrics, it really keeps us, keeps us small. And what, what happens is, you know, when we are continuing to show up, people are watching you and you don't even realize, like I have people in my community or people that sign up for private coaching or sign up for my programs that I've never even 
new, they, I've never seen them engage with any of my stuff. I've never seen them like any of my stuff, but they're watching from behind the scenes. So it's important for you to continue to show up for your mission because you never know who's watching. That's a really, really good point. You never know who's watching. And like, I, I was talking to a friend recently who owns a business. We both own like small local businesses here. Mm-hmm. And she, she and I were talking about like the amount of followers we have. And I was like, you know, I'd rather have like 800 followers who are like all in and like a part of my community and like invested and Mm -hmm. possibly a potential, you know, client or girl who comes to the gym than like hundreds of thousands that don't know who I am, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or just don't believe in what I'm doing or don't understand what I'm doing. You know what I mean? hundred percent for sure. Yes. So when you, um, you sold your gems in perfect timing before COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a couple of years before COVID hit. I know it was, um, it was definitely perfect timing. Yeah. When you sold your gym, were you um, like just kind of in a burnout season of like, I need to like pivot, I need more time kind of? Yeah, definitely hit a wall of burnout. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't really living life. And I was also, I look back now, I almost feel like, gosh, I wish I had manager CEO lessons at that time. Cause like all the things that I've now learned through mentorship and the, the, the mentors that I have, I would have delegated more. I would have taken a, some of the load off of my shoulders. Um, I, you know, I had a staff, I had, you know, uh, five employees and then 13 subcontractors cause it was a group fitness. Uh, so I had, it was membership based, very similar to like an orange theory membership model. Um, so, you know, had classes and had instructors, but gosh, I, I wasn't good at passing the torch. I was like, I'll just do it myself. Right. And so I really burnt myself out and, you know, it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of stress and not knowing how to manage that, um, really took a toll. So I was ready for a change at that time, you know, but not to say that I would never go back. I have tons of ideas of things that I want to do. I think being like also multi-passionate, there's always these like, oh my goodness, I want to do this and I want to do that. So a lot of ideas come through my head for sure, but maybe one day, but right now everything's really good. And I love the time freedom that I have. Yeah. And I think that time freedom is one of the most important, like incomes you can have, you know, like time is money. Like if, and not even in a way of like, Oh, I have more time. I can do more to spend more money, but but it's just like, it's, it's currency. Like it really brings you joy. It refreshes you. Like Mm -hmm. I, I do, um, run a gym a lot, like a very like in-home smaller studio style gym. So Uh I've been able to like create my own time, but I have been a trainer at other gyms where you're just like burning the midnight oil working from, Uh 5 a.m. with your first client till 7 p.m. with your other and you're just like trying to make a buck and like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day even if you have x amount of clients and you feel like oh I'm killing it like you're Mm -hmm. so drained that it doesn't even matter (laughs) you know like that doesn't matter if your like joy is stripped because you don't have time or balance Yeah, I, I work with a lot of um, wellness coaches just like that who are doing more of the hybrid. So, you know, teaching in person, whether in home or, you know, at a studio or something like that, and then building their online empire. And what I teach them to do is, hey, if you love teaching in person, amazing, but wouldn't it be able to teach in person based on what you want to do? You don't have to take the 5 a.m. clients anymore, 6 a.m. clients anymore. Maybe you just want to take clients from nine to noon. 
but you have this residual income that you've built in the online space that, that comes in every single month. And you can scale so much more with that while still picking and choosing what you want to do in person. And so I did that for years as well, before I finally just uh, stopped the in-person, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, you know, and sometimes it's also thinking outside the box. So you'd be surprised how many different business model ideas you can, um, that I I've learned from other coaches, but now, you know, you, you don't, you can create your own rules. It doesn't have to look like everyone else's, right. You can, like, I know women who are creating amazing different business models that, that is away from the typical, here's your, you know, three month online program and it can look different. And, um, that's what also makes creating a business so fun because it can really look however you want it to look. And you can also create it based around your lifestyle, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you have ownership over it, it makes it that much sweeter when you do see those successes and mm-hmm. you see those lives changed or testimonials yeah. come in, reviews come in. Like, it's like, oh, wow. Like, ah, that's yeah. like me. <laughs> for, sure, for sure. It's so fun. And it's so fulfilling as well. Right. Um, because there is no limit either on how much money you can make and also how many clients you can take when we're scaling. Right. So it really, it's, it's a lot of fun and that's where the community is really built. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. So if women are listening and they're maybe, maybe they're in that transition phase or in that, like, I don't really believe that I can do this phase. What are like three, maybe practical or even like emotional pieces of advice that they could like stick on their mirror that you would give them to get them to the next day and like push them towards their passions? Mm, that's a great question. Cause that's the number one thing I hear is they, the, I don't feel like I'm qualified. Mm-hmm. I feel like an imposter or if I don't feel like I can do this and you know, it's the old stories that we live by. I think for a lot of people, it's because we haven't done it yet, or we don't have the proof in front of us. It's very easy to fall back into, well, am I able to do this? Right. And just think about this. Every successful person started at ground zero, started with nothing. Right. Um, well, not every, but most, right. Most stories. So what I love to do, even for myself, whenever I get into this, you know, imposter syndrome or that fear is being connected to the mission. Like, why are you doing this? And and this is again, even with money, like I'll have women come into my world. Like I want to make a six figure income. Well, why, Yeah, you know, it has to be more than the money. And when we connect to the joy, the, the freedom, the choices, maybe, maybe it is, you want to build your dream home, or maybe you want to buy your mom a a house, or maybe you want to be able to have the choice to, to travel. It's like, we have to attach ourselves to a deeper meaning. And that usually becomes our why, right? Our purpose. And when we stay true to that, that keeps us going. Um, so, you know, women who are struggling right now, or women who are like, gosh, I just don't know, you know, if I can do this, really be connected to that. And also, um, start looking inward versus outward. Obviously the comparison mode will keep you, it'll, it'll steal all of your joy and it'll keep you feeling small. Yeah. And so the more you look inward, what lights me up? What are my gifts? What are my zones of genius? I'm sure you were going to find a ton of proof of people that have, that either look up to you that have asked you for advice, or maybe you have provided a transformation for someone that you didn't even realize. Right. And so really being connected to that, we really have to get out of our heads and into our hearts. And, you know, that's the first, that's the first step. It's really the first step is stop looking at the outer 
the external, the comparison, and really start looking inward and trust and believe that it's possible for you too. Um, and that's also too the embodiment piece, right? Let's talk, let's think about embodiment. Embodiment is really this embodiment of this trusting and knowing that everything will work out in my favor, right? And not uh, uh, the, the fear and the worry and the, all of that. I mean, the fear is always going to be there. The key is to not let it take over or not let it be in the driver's seat, right? I was asked to speak at a conference um, in September and Glennon Doyle is the keynote speaker. And I immediately went into like, I think they made a mistake here. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be speaking at this event, right? Mm. And so if I let fear take over, I won't show up the way that I want to show up. I maybe will turn down the opportunity or think that I'm not good enough, right? Or be afraid to, to, to show up. Whereas like, hey, fear is still going to be there. You know, I think all women experience that. The key is to just not let it take over, right? So it's, yeah. That is so key. I was just talking to my soul girls this morning about that in class, about how you have to daily, almost minutely, (laughs) secondly, choose to not fear because the fears are always going to creep in and you have to make the choice of like, this will not consume me. Like Mm -hmm. I will overcome this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, but if you forget to do that, like it's a daily thing, if you forget to do it, like you can always slip back into that anxiety in your head into that, like worry and hamster wheel moment of like, never going to get there, never going to get there going in circles. Yeah. And you really do have to let go of the fear. I love that. Um, and then think about that too. Like, you know, this is where I also tell ladies that you have to take a little bit of that messy action because if we're not taking any sort of action steps forward, we'll be paralyzed in the fear and paralyzed in the, um, the lack of implementation, right? All the ideas would be in our head. So any action moving forward, any sort of like messy action will start to build your confidence, right? Even if it's just one thing you can do that day, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about this on women on their wellness journey stop doing, stop, stop doing the all in or all out. Just, can you go on a walk today? Yeah. Going, that's going to compound over time. And can you go on a walk tomorrow? Cool. You get up. Can I take a 20 minute? Okay. And everything will start to just compound over time and get easier. Yeah. It really does start small. Like don't feel like, and I am that way. I'm an all or nothing person (laughs) and it's gotten me in trouble before, (laughs) but yeah, it's like one truly one day at a time. And then when you look back, you know, a year ago from where you'll be like, where you'll end up, you'll be like, Oh my gosh, it all started with just one walk, you know, <laughs> like, um, it's amazing. Okay. I have, um, a few questions that I ask every single guest at the end of every podcast, but I feel like I could talk to you for a while. <laughs> um, my first question is what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now? Current- it could be like, it could be like a podcast, a food, a book, a TV show, something that you're obsessed with. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is like totally not business related, but have you ever played Wordle? Yes. I'm obsessed with Wordle. And so my, my girlfriend, I'm really angry that she even introduced me to this game. (laughs) I play every day. Incredible. (laughs) Yeah. So Wordle I'm obsessed with If For those that may not know, it's, it's a free game. New York times uh, releases one every day. It's so you have to basically uh, find a five letter word and they don't give you any sort of clue. You just have to guess the first word. And then you go from there and you get six chances to continue to try to figure out what that word is. And, um, I've been playing now for about a month every day. 
Incredible. Yeah. And you're like a three on the Enneagram. So you're like, I will get the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gotta happen. <laughs> okay. Um, next question is what is something that you really love about yourself? Mm, I love my, I love the fact that I am a giver. So I love gift giving. Uh, I'm thoughtful in my get, get, gift giving and, um, like when I go shopping, I'm always like, oh, my girlfriend would really love this or, oh, Keith would really like this. So I love that I'm a giving person. That's amazing. I love that too. And that's cool that you can see that in yourself. You know, you see where, where you best love others and then you act into that. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. My next question is what's something that you're really looking forward to in the rest of 2022? Mm, I'm honestly really looking forward to everything that's coming up in the fall. I have, um, some scary things coming up, like some public speaking engagements and that terrifies me. And so I am so happy that I'm leaning into it and doing it. And even though I'm really terrified, so yeah, those are, that's what I'm excited about. That's amazing. Um, okay. Final question. And I know I kind of already asked you like a variant of this. Um, but if you could leave women with one little like nugget of truth, like a quote they can put on their Instagram. <laughs> what would that be? <laughs> it's going to come back to surrender, surrender yeah. to the process and detach from the outcome. Because mm. even if I were to think about my, my life, even the last year, every time that I tried to control the outcome or I tried to, you know, think about what it should look like, it always left me sad, depressed, frustrated, resentful, and, and really those low vibration feelings. So mm-hmm. I just, when you surrender to the process, commit to the process and really detach from the outcome, life is so much sweeter there and it's so much more fun. I love that. I'm writing it down right now. I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I'm literally, right <laughs> I'm like looking off to the side. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. And, and truly a mic drop moment. Yes. Surrender to the process process and detach from the outcome. That's, I mean, I can't say it any better myself. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining me today. What's the best place for my listeners to connect with you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah. I hang out over on Instagram at Felicia Romero, my first and last name on TikTok. Same thing. I have a podcast called the high Felicia podcast that you can listen to um, lots of awesome guests on there. And um, yeah, yeah. That's the best place to find me super accessible. Yay. And listeners, I will put all that in the show notes so you can have a quick link to visit Felicia. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. This has been so fun. Yay. <laughs>